You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Five and O. Oh. There's only one team left in the NFL that's 5-0, and oh, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles. They survived a scare in Arizona, and now it's on to the heavyweight match we've all been waiting for. The Dallas Cowboys are coming to Lincoln Financial Field. We will take a look back at uh, what went down in Arizona and what's coming up with the one and only, the legend himself, Hall of Famer, Ray Dinger right here on this edition of Gun on One, the podcast, starting right now. This is Sal Palantonio from ESPN. I'm Brandon Graham. Lane Johnson here. This is the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeffy. This is Donovan McNabb. This is Chris Long. This is Mark Sumoff, the TV voice of the 76ers on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Seagulls Hall of Fame quarterback Ron Jaworski. Hello, I'm Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova Basketball. Hey, I'm Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Gun on One podcast. And what's happening? This is your blessed boy, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer, and you're locked in to Gun on One. You are locked in to the Gun on One. Gun on One. Gun on One. You are locked on to Gun on One. I've been on the air for 25 years, but I could not wait to be on Gun on One with my man, Derek Gump. ESPN Bracketologist Joe Lenardi telling you to stay locked on to Gun on One. It is a number one seed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this edition of Gun on One, the podcast. It is powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube channel. I mean, in all honesty, did any of us really think the Eagles would be sitting here at 5-0 in this point? 4-1, 3-2 more realistic, maybe but five and O and the last team that is unbeaten in the national football league and Philadelphia fans have a right to be beating their chest right now because their team is one of the best teams in all the NFL. They're getting it done on the offense and the defense as well. How are they doing it? Well, to answer that question and a lot more, I'm fortunate to bring in a man I've called a friend for a long time and admired for a long time. He is the one and only hall of famer himself, Ray Dinger. Ray, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Derek. It is so good to see you again. Likewise, my friend. And you know what, Ray, ever since I came to this market in 1997, I've always seen or heard Ray Dinger on something, on TV or radio. <laughs> I, I'm not getting used to Ray being silent. And for those of you who don't know, Ray uh, this spring announced that he is retiring, whatever that means in Ray's world. But Ray, what has retirement been like up to this point? 
busy. <laughs> I didn't expect that, but it has. Been. Um, yeah, I retired. Uh, my contract uh, with both TV and radio uh, lapsed uh, at Memorial Day. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of May, um, kind of had to make a decision uh, about do I sign on and extend or is it time to go? You know, and um, it was uh, it was not an easy decision. Yeah. But I decided, um, Dirk, I just decided it was time. I just decided it was time. Um, I've been doing this. I've been doing this in this market for 53 years. Wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm I was at that time, 75, I am now 76. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you just kind of get the feeling that, you know, it's, it's just time to go. Mm. And that, that was, that, and that was how I felt. I mean, there was stuff I wanted to do with my family. Uh, my granddaughter was, uh, going into her last year of college, her last year of field hockey. I wanted to see those games. Mm. Uh, my two grandsons, uh, were just starting organized football this fall. I wanted to see their games. Uh, my wife and I wanted to travel. Uh, so there was just a lot of stuff that I felt like this is important right now, you yeah. know, and uh, I've had a really, I've had a great long run doing what I've done. Um, I've loved it. I feel blessed to have been able to do it, but you just kind of get that feeling, you know, yeah. it's time. So that's kind of where I was. So in terms of what am I doing since then, uh, you know, you don't just, you don't just walk away from something like this with no loose ends. There were right. some things I kind of had to take care of. Um, one of them was just answering all the mail I got. Um, I mean, I got, Derek, I got more than 500 cards and letters from Jeez. people. Uh, and all of them telling you know, these really nice personal stories about listening to me on the radio and, you know, listen, you know, watching the, watching pre and post game with their father or their uncle and, yeah. Um, everybody had a personal story and a personal connection, you know? And so I felt like I, I had, you know, you have to answer those people. Yes. You know? So, I mean, I sat down and I, and I hand wrote like 500 letters back to people just, uh, thanking them, uh, and, um, and just expressing my gratitude. So that in itself took a lot. Um, you know, that I had a whole bunch of book signings, um, and we had another, uh, run of Tommy and me. This summer, the, the play that, you know, you've seen. Absolutely. Um, Phenomenal play. Yeah. Well, it's been, uh, you know, we've had seven. It's come back seven times. Uh, and and most recently, we had a run in uh, this August. We had three performances in Hershey, Pennsylvania, wow. which was which was really exciting because, as you know, the story of Tommy and me actually originates in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. the Eagles had their training camp. That's where I met Tommy McDonald for the first time. Uh, and so the Hershey Theater brought our company there to uh, to do the play over a weekend. We had three performances uh, in August. And so that was on the table, too. And it was that was a great experience. We went back there and we had um, three shows and we drew 2000 people uh, to the to the theater to see the show. And uh, one of the big thrills was on the Friday night show, our special guest of honor. Fresh from Canton was none other than Dick Vermeil. Oh, so that was that was a great night. So, so translation, you really haven't retired, have you? Uh, does it look like it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with you. Oh, um, man. You know, it's um, I, I kind of have, you know, yeah. but um, I mean, there's still 
there's just a lot of stuff going on. As yeah. you know, as we were talking, you, me, and Xander before we went on the air here. Sure. Um, I mean, right now you got. I mean, you got the Phillies. Uh, you know, uh, you got the Eagles are undefeated. Uh, the Union is number one seed in, the, in, in soccer. You got the Sixers are undefeated in the preseason. Uh, even the Penn Quakers uh, are undefeated. So, I mean, everywhere you look right now, um, these are good times to be a Philadelphia sports fan. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still part of it, you know, and uh, it's been, it's really been great. It's, uh, I am sitting back and I am enjoying it fully. Well, considering how many down years we've had in this area, Philadelphia deserves it, Ray. No, no question problem. about that. No question. And you just brought up the Philadelphia Eagles. And as you heard me say off the top of the podcast, they are the lone unbeaten team left in the National Football League. In all honesty, did you think they'd be sitting here 5-0 and right now? That would have been a stretch. That would have been a stretch. Although um, I really did feel two things. Um, I, I really did think they were going to be a good team. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I thought that they they improved by leaps and bounds last season. We all saw that. Uh, and they were a team at the end of the year. They, they clearly had some weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But I thought that uh, I, you got to give tremendous credit to Howie Roseman. I mean, he yeah. did a really good job addressing their weaknesses uh, and uh, picked up some really good players, some good signings, a good draft. Uh, and I felt coming into this season, I thought they were going to be a good team. And then when I looked at their schedule, I thought that for the first time, really in a long while, they had a chance to get a fast start because right. the schedule, early schedule was very favorable. You know, mm-hmm. you look back over the last few years that we had, I mean, even that team that made the playoffs, they always started slow. You know, mm-hmm. they'd be one and four, two and five. And then they have to play their butts off down the stretch to, to claw their way into the playoffs, but they did it. Well, this was one year when you looked at the schedule and said, you know, they have a chance to jump out front this year. Yeah. Uh, and so to get to four and zero wasn't that big a surprise to me. I really kind of thought they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, the, the game in Arizona, I thought was a little dicey because Arizona's pretty good, yeah. uh, and that's a long trip. And the Eagles don't have a history of playing well in Arizona; they just don't. No. So if you were looking at this, at, did I think they were going to be five and zero? No. But the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, you know, they found a way to get here, and now, and you just said it into the lead in. What a big game Sunday night. I mean, you got you know you got the Eagles, the last undefeated team, and you've got a surprisingly good Cowboy team coming off a win on the road against the defending world champs. I mean, this is uh, this is going to be a fun night at the link on Sunday night. Ray, when you look at how they survived that scare in Arizona, there's been one consistent theme with this offense in particular. You know, it's like in, ter- in track terms, they're a sprint team. They can run with anybody in a 100-yard dash, but if you ask them to run a 440 or longer, you know, they get a little winded. And they, they don't score many points in the second half. And can you pinpoint from your perspective why it seems to be they they take out of the gate like a jet, but all of a sudden it's a very slow landing to, to the finish? Um, I I don't know. I, I You know, I mean, everybody's trying to come up with that answer. I'm sure Nick Sirianni is trying to come up with that answer. I, I don't really know. I thought that um, – I actually thought that in Arizona, I thought the play calling in the first half, even though they got off to the big lead, was – I didn't like the play calling. I just thought they yeah. got away from the run too much. Um, and in the second half – you know, the second half, this was a little bit of a different second half because I, mm-hmm. I got no problems with the way they played those last eight minutes. You yes, know, when they got the I agree. Ball, 
And they just grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. You can't stop us. We're going to go down here. We're going to kick the field goal. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't trying to score a whole lot of points. They just wanted to run the game out. And they did that. Uh, and that's good winning football. But mm-hmm. over the course of the year, you know, you know it as well as I know it. Every game takes on its own personality. Yes. You know? And there are going to be some games that are going to be like the Lions game, you know, where it's a shootout and it's, you know, whoever has the ball last. And then there are going to be these other games that you're just going to have to grind them out, you know, and that's mm. and that's what they did on Sunday. And the one thing you can say about this offense uh, is that um, they they don't beat themselves. Yes. You know, I mean, they the one thing about this game was that, again, no turnovers, which is huge. Uh, only three penalties committed, which is not very many uh, and had the ball for 35 minutes. Um, well, you know, that might not be exciting and it might not uh, light, fill up the stat sheet, uh, but that's winning football, you know, and just don't make mistakes uh, and control the football and play the field position game. And you can win a lot of games in the NFL. And that's kind of the formula. Now, is it going to be enough against the Cowboys? You know, we'll find out. The Cowboy defense, this is going to be the best defense they've faced all year by, by a lot, by a lot. So um, this offense is going to be tested this week more than it has been uh, at any point so far this year. And I worry a little bit about facing that kind of opponent with an offensive line that right now is a little gimpy. Mm, valid point. You know, every week, week Ray, uh, it's been a different pass catcher that has uh, shined for the Eagles. Uh, and the one that didn't really shine in this game, it, it was shocking. A.J. Brown, only three catches. In the entire game, I, he wasn't even heard from in the second half. I mean, when you have a star receiver, you find a way to get him the ball. And were you surprised that A.J. Brown was not a factor in uh, in this game at all in the second half? A little bit, a little bit, because, I mean, he is that good. Uh, yeah. But I think I'll, I'll tell you one thing. One of the things that's really impressed me um, about, I, I guess you have to credit it to Nick Sirianni, but the whole offensive staff as well. Sure. Is I think they do, I think they do a really good job of designing the passing game to get to get Jalen Hurts easy throws. You know, if you look at if you look at where he is right now and his completion percentage is really good. I mean, this last game I think it was what twenty five for thirty five or something. Yeah. I mean, it was really good. Uh, and you look back on it, and you know, and you go back and you look at the tape. He really didn't have any. And he, he didn't really have tough throws. I mean, he was always getting the ball to somebody who was open. You know, he always was able to – there was, it wasn't like he was thrown into real tight windows. Right. This coaching staff does a really good job of scheming guys open, uh, and they have the receivers to do it. If you're – sometimes I, I try to look at games from the other side. Sometimes I try to look at – as opposed to just looking at the Eagles, I try to look at it from the standpoint of, okay, if I was a defensive coordinator playing against the Eagles – how would I attack them? What would I do? Who would I take away? That's where it always kind of starts. Mm-hmm. If you're a defensive coordinator, okay, who am I? Who do I have to take away to beat this team? Well, if you're a defensive coordinator looking at the Eagles, that's a challenge, you know? I mean, you you probably start with A.J. Brown. You probably do. Uh, but if you, if you roll your coverage and you concentrate on taking him away, Devontae Smith is going to hurt you. Dallas Goddard can hurt you on any given play. Miles Sanders is, you know, he comes out of the backfield and catches the ball. It's a, this is a very, and 
Then you have the the, the dual running passing threat of mm -hmm. the quarterback. This is a very very challenging offense to play against because they have so many weapons. So from week to week, kind of what you're talking about with AJ, yeah. uh, week to week that's going to change. I mean, this week against the Cowboys, he might get ten targets. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, and the week after that, it might be Dallas Goddard with ten. I mean, from week to week, they're just going to go kind of or see what the defense is doing. And then they're going to find a way to get the ball to the other side. They're not going to try to force the issue. Uh, if the other team's willing to, okay, you're going to take him away, fine. We'll beat you because we got other weapons. Mm -hmm. How much credit should be given to Arizona's defense for making it that much more difficult on this Eagles offense? Because to be honest with you, Ray, I didn't even know that Arizona's defense was that physical. Mm -hmm. um, they were, weren't they? Um, and I – I don't know if you look at them all the time. I don't. I don't think of them as a really physical defense. Right. I don't. Um, but they were in this game, uh, and um, I, it was particularly noteworthy because I was kind of cringing every time Jalen Hurts took a hit. Yeah. And I was kind of cringing. There were two or three hits that Devonte Smith took. Yes. That I kind of said, "Ooh," you know, I because you know we all know he's he is one hell of a player. Yes. He really is. But he is he is slight. <laughs> I don't know if pe unless people have seen him in street clothes or seen him like in, in summer camp in shorts. I don't know that people really appreciate how slight he is. Uh, and when he takes a big hit and he took two or three on Sunday, I worry about that. You know, I, I you know, I worry about his ability to, to make it through 17 games. Now, look, he's a tough guy. And I saw him take some big hits in Alabama. I know he's not mm -hmm. shy about catching the ball and taking a hit. But, you know, I wouldn't want to see too many weeks like this week where he's taken two or three big, big hits. I mean, he took one on the sideline from Buda Baker, I think. Yeah. That was uh, I mean, that, that to me looked like that was one that I kind of thought I was wondering if he was going to get up. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to see him put in that position too often too many times. You know, his overall athleticism is make, is what makes him what he is. He's had one game where he, he ran the ball against Detroit 17 times, some by design, most of those out of necessity. Same thing with Arizona. He had 15 carries against Arizona, some design, most of those out of necessity. What is a safe number? And we understand that today's quarterback is more of a, of a running-type quarterback. From your perspective, when you look at a Jalen Hurts, what would you say a safe number would be that you would be okay with him taking off and running, whether by design or out of necessity? 15 feels too much for me. Yep. Uh, even though I, I know Nick Sirianni was this week was sort of saying, well, a lot of them are quarterback sneaks, you know, and it's th those, okay, I kind of get what quarterback sneaks are. Um, but there are a lot of other plays where, you got him just tucking and running, you know, and uh, when he does that, he gives away the rules protection of being a quarterback. You know, when, when he fakes the handoff and he tucks the ball and he starts to run, he doesn't have any of the protection of being a quarterback anymore. Once he does that, he's a runner uh, and teams can hit him like a runner. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to be mindful of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's certainly not afraid to do it. Uh, and there are times at the goal line if he sees if he if he sees that goal line, he's going to lower his shoulder and and if there's a defender there, he's going to take him on to get in the end zone. He's just going to do that. But that's the kind of player he is. So as an offensive coaching staff, 
you certainly can't take that away from him because that's a big part of his game and it's a big part of why he's effective. It's a big part of the reason why he's hard to play against. But, I mean, 15 carries and more, which we have seen, to me, I think you're getting into a red zone there. I, I think that's uh, – I, I, I think that the ideal figure is, some, is right around 10. You get on the other side of 10, I start to worry. Mm. Ray, I look at this uh, Eagles defense – we, we applauded Jonathan Gannon's schemes, game uh, games two, three, and four. And then all of a sudden, this last game, I can't figure out what his concept was. You know, his his defense was getting gassed by James Conner and Eno Benjamin. And all of a sudden, your DBs are playing 8 to 12 yards again off the receivers. Can you define this Eagles' identity? Because they're a good defense, but most good defenses have an identity they stick to. I can't figure out what this Eagles' identity is right now. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be, it kind of gets back to one of the things that Gannon said when he first took the job was there, um, remember, remember his first press conference, somebody asked him to define his scheme Yes. and, and he, and he said, well, I don't have one. Right. And everybody kind of said, huh, what are you talking about? Uh, but, but I, I get it. I get kind of what he was saying. What he was basically saying was from week to week, we're, we're going to be a different defense because we have to, every opponent's going to be different. Um, we can't be the same thing week after week. And he's right about that. Um, now, I thought that week one uh, against Detroit with second half, uh, they let that team back in the game. Uh, I didn't think they played as aggressively as they should. They did early, but they st- they didn't late. Um, then the next couple of weeks, they really ramped up the pressure uh, and certainly against Washington. But I mean, you saw them be a lot more aggressive. Uh, and now this week, not so much. I, what I kind of think it is, is I think most most weeks they will be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, most weeks I should say they should be aggressive because this year, unlike last year, they have good players in the secondary. Yep. I, I think as a defensive coordinator, you can game plan with a lot of confidence because you got two really good corners uh, and you got better safety play than you had before. I think last year, a lot of that passive kind of stuff, the deep shell, the deep coverage, was sort of a reflection of the fact that Jonathan Gannon wasn't really all that confident in his guy's ability to shut people down. So he played it, he played it conservatively. Well, now I think he's got the personnel where he can be more aggressive, and we've seen him be more aggressive. I think what happened on Sunday was you're kind of – it's kind of a reflection of the quarterback you're playing against. I mean, Kyler Murray is – I mean, he's a he's a whirling, twirling, freelancing dude back there. Uh, and the way you play him or the way you kind of have to try to play him is just – and I'm sure if if Jonathan Gannon used the word discipline once, he must have used it 100 times last week. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Discipline in our coverages, discipline in our rush lanes. We can't get into a frenetic, let's chase him around kind of thing because we leave ourselves open to the big play. So I think – the whole stressing of this was we have to play discipline. If it means we have to play conservative, we kind of have to do that. But he's the kind of dynamic playmaker that can turn that kind of game against you. I think one of the areas on the defense that I'm a little bit concerned about uh, is their run defense. You know, I, I think that this there was um, they're they're getting run. Teams are able to run the ball on them. I thought their tackling wasn't very good in Arizona, uh, and that's the one area where I. I think they have to they have to get better. I I expected I thought their run defense was was going to be better than this. 
And I kind of think over the course of the season, it will be. But right now, that's a little bit of a concern. Well, Ray, coming to a theater near you, the gunfight at the OK Corral, Sunday night, Lincoln Financial Field, Eagles, Cowboys. I'm as surprised as anybody. Dallas is off to a 4-1 start. And they're doing it with a guy who is a backup mm-hmm. and, and Cooper Rush. I look at him. I look at this Cowboys offense. They don't do anything spectacular. Uh, there's no one player. When you have names like CeeDee Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott, um, you would think there's some electricity to this offense. But there's, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a bland offense, would you say, Ray? Very much so. Very much so. And I, I think that's – I mean, I don't know what it would have been if Dak Prescott was still in there. Yeah. You know, there, there might be a little bit more uh, – there, there, there might be a little bit more dimension yeah. to it. Um, I think right now Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, is trying to manage the game with this young quarterback, not ask him to do too much, um, not giving him too many tough throws. Um I think that that's kind of what they're trying to do. They understand, and I, I understand what they understand, is right now the strength of that team is their defense. Yes. Their defense is good. Uh, and so they don't want to take a lot of chances on offense and put that defense in a bad position. If they have to play the game 2017, they'll play the game 2017. That's kind of where they are. Now, if they had a healthy Dak Prescott, would they be a different, more dynamic offense? Yeah, Probably. But right now they're just kind of trying to win with, you know, with the young quarterback who frankly has, has played okay. Now this last game against the Rams, I mean, they, they hardly won it with, with, they hardly won it without a passing game. You know, I mean, they didn't throw the ball hardly at all. They didn't make any real big plays with the passing game. They won it with a lot of big plays on defense and Mm -hmm. good offensive line play Um, this week. I guess the big question, and I'm sure Dallas will try to keep it a mystery as long as they can, is who's going to be the quarterback? You know, is it going to is it going to be Rush or you know Jerry Jones keeps dropping these hints that yes. you know oh Dak might be ready, Dak might be ready. Um, I don't know. Uh, my guess is you're probably going to see Rush again, uh, and if it is, it's going to be once again. I suspect a very conservative game plan. For whatever the reason, Ray. Whenever Rush is under center, the Cowboys win. You go back to last season, coupled with this season, this guy's 5-0 and under center as a starter for the Cowboys. If you had your pick, would you rather see Dak or would you rather see this guy Rush? Um, I have always been a believer, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. You know, and, um, the, and the fact of the matter is this guy has not been certainly putting up big numbers, but it and the Rams game is not particularly a good example because they really didn't ask him to do very much at all. But in a couple of the games before that, if you looked at it, I mean, he made some big third down throws, uh, um, throws that I wasn't sure he was capable of making. Times that they asked him to make big plays in big spots, he did it. They didn't, not so much against the Rams, but in the games before. Um, and it seems to me that the players are playing, they have a lot of confidence in him right now. And they're winning with him. So, you know, I mean, Jerry, you know, knowing Jerry, you know, Jerry is probably pushing for Dak. But, you know, we've seen Dak against the Eagles have some big turnover games. Right. And, and I don't know with that kind of a thumb injury how good he can be coming into this game. If, if I were the Cowboys and I'm, you know, and I've won four in a row with this kid, 
you know, I think I'd hand him the ball on Sunday night and say, show me what you can do. Mm. But, you know, but, you know, you sometimes when you're talking about a Cowboys team, you know, who's making that call? Is it the coach or is it the owner? Yeah. I don't know. You know, mm. I, I think it, it, this on a big Sunday night game with a big audience, which you know it will be, Eagles 5-0, and you're 4-1. and You know, I could, I could see Jerry saying, hey, Dak, you know, go get it, you know, mm. and that wouldn't surprise me either. I look at this young man, Tony Pollard, the way he runs the football, watched him closely last year, this year. This is a guy who's going to make people forget all about Ezekiel Elliott. For whatever reason, he seems to have a much better burst. Now, I understand Ezekiel has had X amount of carries in his career. I don't think he's a running back he once was. But when Tony Pollard gets the ball, you better know where he is at all times. Explosive. You know, he's uh, at this at this point, he's certainly a more explosive runner than Zeke is. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, Zeke is, he's had a lot of carries, you know, he's had, he's, he's, he's had a lot of carries and, you know, right now he's still a good back, uh, but he's not what he was in terms of, you know, which one of these backs scares you the most. If you're yeah. an Eagles the, the fan, Pollard probably would, because um, if they give him a crack and we've seen it now, I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy that can take it to the house, you know, Zeke used to be that guy, but he but he's not that guy right now. Mm. When I look at this Dallas defense, Ray, I've said on a number of platforms, I think the defensive front has the quickest get off of any defensive front in all of football. How shocked are you at how lightning fast and efficient they've been off the snap this season? You've described them well. Um, they are quick off the ball, uh, and they are. Um, They just get guys around the football, yeah. you know. They just they just get a lot of people to the football, uh, and uh, that front seven is really good. Lawrence is a good player. Uh, Parsons is a really good player. Uh, I mean, anybody that saw him play at Penn State, you knew that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that you know, I I you know, I'm not prepared. Some people are prepared to do the Lawrence Taylor comparison. I'm not. Right, you know, right. Don't, but you you see you you see the potential there. I mean, he is he is a game changer, uh, and uh, he's the kind of guy that, you know, when every good defense, every team defense that aspires to be good, they need to have that one guy, you know, that the other team in their offensive meeting room all week, that that's a one guy they circle and say, we got to deal with this guy. You know, we got to control this guy. It starts here. Um, great defenses always have that guy. You know, the, the Eagles, you know, it was it was Reggie for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then it became Doc. Uh, certainly with the Giants, you're talking about LT. I mean, those kinds of guys, it's sort of like, OK, we got to we got to control him if we're going to win this game. Micah Parsons is that was that was that right from the jump, even as a rookie. I mean, he is he's a guy that will just take over a game uh, and in a key moment, make the play that changes the game. You know, Derek, one of the things about football, and you, you've you been watching it as long as I have, is, you know, they'll in the course of a game, one team will run 80 plays, the other team will run 75 plays, there's a million sure. plays. But generally games come down to three or four plays, you know, that, yeah. that make the difference. Uh, and there are certain guys that week in and week out are the guys who are making those plays. Uh, and you can see Micah Parsons is that kind of player. Uh, and so... The Eagles, are, I guarantee you, they're spending 
a lot of time this week trying to figure out how to deal with him. Now, I wonder how healthy he's going to be. Uh, he's got, you know, he had a groin injury last week. Now he played the second half and played well again. Yeah. Um, but how, how close to 100% is he going to be Sunday night? I don't know. But I know this, that you have to assume he's going to be 100% and block him accordingly. This guy Parsons is the reigning rookie of the year defensive player. He already has six QB sacks in five games. When you hear the name Michael Parsons, Ray, because you've seen so many and, and, and interviewed so many great defensive players in your lifetime, who does a young Michael Parsons remind you of? Uh, who does he remind me of? Um, he reminds me of, um, he does have some LT traits. Okay. He does. And I'm not, and by saying that, I'm not saying he is LT. Right. I don't know that we'll ever see another LT, but he has those kinds of traits. Uh, he also has the ability to be, um, to be both a stand-up player and a hand-on-the-ground player. Uh, you know, when he came in last year, uh, there were a couple games where they made him almost a, a full-time defensive end, uh, and he was good enough to do that. Um, when he was playing with his hand on the ground last year, early early on, and he had a couple games where he, he just took him over, what he reminded me then as, as a three-point stance guy mm -hmm. was – and here I'm going to give you another great name, Derek Thomas. Oh, I mean, that's, um, you know, a little bit undersized, not your prototype classic defensive end, but somebody that was incredibly explosive out of his stance uh, and just had a great bend and turn kind of ability that could get you to the quarterback. And now I don't know. I don't know how they want to use him from week to week. De probably depends on the opponent somewhat. But he has the ability to both be a stand-up guy, play inside as a true linebacker, or put his hand on the ground and play you like a pro bowl defensive end. There aren't very many players that have that kind of flexibility, but he does. Ray, do the Eagles have to run the football against this Dallas defense to be successful? Do or does it does it need to be more balanced? Or can 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 one aspect of their game beat the, the Dallas defense more than the other? Whether it's the pass matchups or an exclusive run game. Yeah, um, I well, you know, you know, you and I have talked a lot of football over the years. Yeah, oh yeah. So, so uh, you know, my philosophy it, it's always been about balance. You know, I, it's it's always been about balance. I. I don't necessarily want to be a predominantly running team, nor do I want to necessarily be a predominantly passing team. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, the way to win in football in any era is to be able to do both things yep. and do them when you want to do them. You know, and I think the Eagles have the ability to do that. Now, last year, uh, Nick Sirianni at midseason made a wholesale commitment to run in the football, which, listen, that saved the season. Uh, and I give him credit for it. And, and I loved it, you know, because I love the yeah, running. Yeah. So I, I loved watching them just turn it over to that offensive line and let them control it. And they're still capable of that. Uh, but I really think that right now with some of the weapons that you have, adding A.J. Brown to the passing game, I, you know, a more mature Devontae Smith, a year more experienced, you know, Dallas Goddard, who I think is just going to keep getting better and better. You have some really good weapons in the passing game. Uh, and, Jalen Hurts is becoming more comfortable as a pocket passer. 
So that has to be part of your offense, and that has to be uh, a place where you go for big plays during the course of a game for sure. Uh, but I would not – and I thought they did this in Arizona too much early. I thought they got away from the running game too much. You know, I think that the running game is a great foundation that they can go to anytime they want it, as they did at the end of that game. But I think it's something you have to sustain for four quarters because that everything else you want to do offensively can work off of that. Hey, Ray, final question to you, and I can't thank you enough for giving me some time here. Going back to the Eagles' defense for just a moment, what do you make of the Birds bringing in Nick Fangio as a consultant for that defense? Uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, Vic is a, is an old-school guy. He's uh, been coaching forever. Uh, and uh, I always thought was was one of the uh, one of the better defensive coordinators in the game. Uh, I, you know, there's no we all talk about the salary cap and how that limits you uh, as an organization. Oh, we can't get this guy. We can't get that player. We can't get that player. Well, I've always argued there's no salary cap on coaches and there's no salary cap on scouts, you know, and I would spend. I would spend as much money as I had and get the best scouts that I could and get the best coaches that I could. Um, any way you can, you know, bring more people, more ideas into the into the uh, organization, yeah. the better. Uh, and I think that this is I think this is good. I um, I've always been a, I've always been a fan of Fangio. Uh, I don't know that he was ever really happy as a head coach. To me, he's one of those guys that he just. He's, he's kind of almost a Jim Johnson kind of guy. Yep. That he, just, he just loves that side of the ball. He just thinks that side of the ball. He lives that side of the ball. Uh, and I think that uh, for them to reach out and bring in a guy with that kind of experience and that kind of track record uh, can only be a good thing. And ladies and gentlemen, and you've had a fireside chat with the Hall of Famer himself, <laughs> Ray Dittinger. And Ray, I'm glad you said Vic Fangio because I messed up and said Nick but I've never heard you mess up, so I knew you wouldn't, even though I did. But I can't thank you enough, my friend, for giving me some time on this edition of Gun on One. Hey, it's always a pleasure, Derek. It's always a pleasure spending time with you. Hey, enjoy your retirement, whatever that means to you. Enjoy your retirement. And unfortunately for you, I'll be bugging you again down the road somewhere. Anytime. It's never, never bugging me. I, I will sit and talk <laughs> football with you any day of the week, buddy. Ray, thank you so much. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up this uh, edition of Gun on One, the podcast powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine. For my colleague, friend, Hall of Famer, Ray Dindra, I'm Derek Gunn. Until we meet again, stay blessed, everybody, but more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, so long, everybody. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by 
by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.